there's a lot of people picking Wilder to win this fight. And I'm not just talking about the Wilder fanboys because they're just going to pick Wilder by default, no matter what. No matter how Wilder trains, no matter what he says before the fight, the vast majority of those fanboys are going to pick Wilder regardless. It's their default position. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the neutrals, the people who don't have a horse in the race. And a lot of these people are actually British. In fact, there's some Tyson Fury fans I've seen who are picking Wilder to win. And they're just going off a feeling, a gut instinct. They're saying that something doesn't feel right. They can sense something dramatic is going to happen in the direction of Tyson Fury. That he's going to get chinned. You've got the likes of David Hay saying that he thinks Deontay Wilder is going to knock Tyson Fury out. You've got Teddy Atlas saying that he thinks Deontay Wilder is going to knock Tyson Fury out. And many others. And I just saw John Fury's reaction to hearing that David Hay is questioning whether Tyson Fury's at a good camp and picking Wilder to win. John Fury, very predictably, is furious with David Hay. John Fury and many other people in boxing, it's not just the Furies, it's the majority of fighters actually, they don't understand the mentality of being objective, of being impartial. They don't get it. In their mind, you're supposed to support your countrymen. You're not, and, and by supporting your countrymen, it means you have to pick him to win. You know, You're not allowed to just honestly say what you think. And if you've got a hunch, if you've got a feeling that the fight is going to go against your countrymen, you're not supposed to say it. You're, you're not supposed to entertain those thoughts because from John Fury's perspective, that's negative, you see. And so many fighters are like that, not just the Furies, many other fighters. They get offended when people pick against them. They take it as a personal insult. And for some people, maybe many people, they can't be objective. They can't be impartial when they pick. They're telling you who they want to win basically, rather than who they genuinely think will win. The two are not always the same thing. Anyway, I also get the feeling, just on a gut instinct level, on an intuitive level, that Tyson Fury isn't quite as on it as he was for the last fight. That's the feeling I have. And I don't know whether it's because he's at a bad camp. I suspect it's more to do with what David Hay was talking about in an interview and what I've talked about for many years with Tyson Fury, and that is the fact that he performs better when he's expected to lose. When there's a big threat in front of him, or a big perceived threat, that allows him to raise his game to the next level. We saw that against Klitschko, where he went over to Germany, where nobody beats Klitschko in Germany, right? Certainly not for many, many years, over a decade or whatever it was. And he went over there and did it. The same with Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury came back from the brink he was well overweight, had some nothing fights against Sefa Safiri and Pianetta, jumped straight back in against Wilder, who was knocking everybody out, and he got a draw. Many people believe he won. And in the rematch of Wilder, again, Wilder was knocking everybody out. People were saying that that's it, Fury's going to get chin this time around. Wilder's hitting his peak form. And it was a one sided drubbing in Tyson Fury's favor. So you get these fighters, again, I've spoken about this. In the past, many, many times, you get fighters who suffer from a lack of confidence. And I'm going to put Anthony Joshua in that category. He's obviously a lot more confident than the average Joe. But when you're talking about elite level fighters, he doesn't have as much confidence as the Furies and maybe even the Wilders of the world to some degree. And guys like that are hindered by the lack of confidence. Then you've got the other end of the scale, the Tyson Furies. These are guys who have so much confidence that they can actually 
be hindered in the other direction, whereby unless there's a sufficient perceived threat, they can't actually motivate themselves to train as hard. They can't actually get themselves up emotionally, psychologically, the same way for a fight if they don't fear the man. Now, since we're talking about Deontay Wilder and a lot of you liked the comparison I did with Dumbo, <laughs> well, here's another one for you. If you remember that second fight between Fury and Wilder, and they were building Wilder up to be Godzilla, Tyson Fury trained for Godzilla. After the fight, he said he was disappointed. He said he expected Wilder to be a lot tougher than that. It's kind of like with Usek when he fought AJ. After the fight, he said, I thought you'd be tougher. So Fury went into that Wilder fight expecting Godzilla, but when he got in the ring, first bell went, he was faced with Barney. <laughs> he trained for Godzilla and what he actually got was Barney. Now, if you've trained for Godzilla and you actually get Barney, then Barney is going to get an absolute drubbing. And that's what happened that night. So going into this trilogy fight, Tyson Fury hasn't trained for Godzilla because he knows Wilder isn't Godzilla. He knows Wilder is Barney. So has he really had a Godzilla level training camp when he knows it's only Barney he's getting in with? And you see, you can sometimes underestimate Barney <laughs> if uh, you're not on it. End of the day, he's still a big purple and green dinosaur, right? If you really take your foot off the gas, if you're really not on it, and Barney, you know, hits the gym, does a few bits and pieces, maybe he can be, uh, what was that sitcom called with the dinosaurs from back in the 90s? It was like a family of dinosaurs that lived at home. Maybe you could upgrade from Barney to one of those. <laughs> and uh, that's the danger here as far as I'm concerned, is it's not so much what Wilder's doing, it's more Tyson Fury's psychological state. Is he struggling to get himself up for this mentally? Is he not going to be as sharp as he was last time around because he doesn't feel enough of a threat? And one thing I noticed from the press conference, the final press conference and also the weigh-in, is that to me, and other people noticed this as well, Tyson Fury looked like he was forcing it. The trash talk, it all looked very forced. It looked as though he was trying to motivate himself. That's how it looked. It didn't look as organic as some of the trash talk at other press conferences we've seen from Tyson Fury. It looked like he understood that he didn't feel as up for this fight as he felt for other fights. So he was looking for some type of animosity to feed off. And Deontay Wilder did the right thing by not giving him that animosity. I know there was some back and forth at the way in and Wilder said some things, but from what I saw, Wilder never lost his temper. And Wilder has been given a script, literally a script. He keeps on repeating the same things when he explains why he's keeping calm. And it's the things I've been saying for months about Wilder, maybe years. I've been saying that because Wilder is an emotional person, he gets angry all the time. His emotions cloud his judgment. Now Wilder is coming out and saying that in every interview because somebody has sat him down and told him, I'm telling you. <laughs> this is why Wilder keeps saying the same thing over and over again, because Shelly Finkel or one of the other team members has come to him and said, well, you know, this is what's going on, Deontay. Your emotions are clouding your judgment. You must stay calm. And in one of the interviews, he actually said it's been a big effort by the team to get him to stay calm. Whatever the case may be, calm is good for Deontay Wilder. Not just for the performance in the ring, but also because you're not giving Tyson Fury the energy, the emotion that he wants to key off, that he wants to draw from. 
You're denying him that. So this is very good in terms of psychological strategy from Team Wilder. It's exactly what they need to do. So I can see why. And also, as I've mentioned previously, Deontay Wilder knows what to expect now. He's not going to be shocked if Tyson Fury runs at him because that's what happened last time. So again, I can see why there's a lot of people out here who are concerned for Fury or think Fury's going to lose, get, Fury's going to get knocked out. I don't think it's just a bunch of Fury haters. I don't even think David Hay's a Fury hater. This is what John Fury has accused David Hay of being. I don't think Hay actually is. I genuinely think that that's what he thinks is going to happen. That's how he feels because he's sensing the same energy and the same atmosphere that everybody else is sensing. He knows the kind of character Tyson Fury is, the guy who needs some type of danger in order to bring the best performance out of himself. When he doesn't have that, we've seen him underperform. Otto Wallen would be a good example. He didn't feel any danger going into that fight. And I'm not saying it was all because of that. There were other factors that played into it too. But Tyson Fury's whole demeanor around the Otto Wallen fight was just very lackadaisical. So, yeah, I can see why people are sensing that something negative is going to happen to Tyson Fury in this fight. Now, I watched the weigh-in. Deontay Wilder came in at a career heavy as 238 pounds. That's 17 stone bang on in English money. Tyson Fury weighed, was it 276 or something? And he was wearing clothes and a hat. If you take those off, he probably weighs exactly the same as what he was for the second fight. For me, that's good. I was a little alarmed when Javon Sugar Hill was talking about Tyson Fury coming in at 290. I wouldn't have wanted to see that. I like him much better at this weight because at least you know what you're going to get. You're going to get something similar to last time uh, in terms of his ability to move around and what have you. His ability to get his shots off and get away from Wilder's shots, take those half steps back and avoid those right hands. With Deontay Wilder, he left no mystery there. Right? It's not an, an ambiguous thing. We know why he's put the extra muscle on. It's because he doesn't want to get bullied in the clinches. Now, that might help him in the short term, uh, putting on the extra muscle. It might help him for a few rounds if it's a very physical fight. But his body was not designed to carry all that extra muscle. So after a few rounds, those, the extra muscle is going to tire. Those arms are going to feel heavy and it's going to make him even slower. Very early on, he might be quick with that muscle. Uh, he might seem sharp. He might seem explosive. But again, if it gets into a grueling physical fight, the guy who has pumped his body up, body up with muscle more is going to feel it more in most cases. So they're taking a gamble there as far as I'm concerned with Deontay Wilder. Maybe they're hoping for an early win. Coming in at that way, you wouldn't have thought that he's going to move around a lot. I mean, maybe he will, but you would have thought that they're going to try and go for the knockout themselves from the opening bell since he's coming in at 238. The last fight, he was 230, and that was over a year ago now. He's putting on an additional eight pounds, and that's a lot of weight to put on, by the way. And it's almost all muscle because you look at the first Luis Ortiz fight, what was he, 213? And here he's weighing in at 238. I mean, that's a huge amount of muscle to put on. I know the first Luis Ortiz fight was several years ago now, but Wilder's in his 30s. So you know, there's people out here asking questions about how you can put on that much muscle in that amount of time when you're in your 30s. So, you know, you guys let me know what you think about that. But 
whatever the case may be, I don't think that he can go 12 rounds at a good clip in a physical fight with all that extra muscle on him. I think that's going to be difficult. I think he's going to be dog tired. And the only way he's going to be able to get through is if he is hurting Fury, making Fury wary, or knocking Fury out with the extra muscle. Now, Deontay might also benefit when it comes to the extra muscle in terms of his shape. And I'm not talking about the shape of his body. I'm talking about his boxing stance. You'll often hear trainers talk about a fighter losing his shape throughout the course of a bout because he gets tired and he can no longer stand in the optimum fashion, no longer position his body in the optimum way to be able to keep balance, throw shots, defend, block, slip, etc. properly. You become a bit ragged as you go for a tough fight, you start losing your shape. Well, Deontay being a very skinny guy with long arms, he often looks ungainly, he often looks untidy, uh, clumsy even. And I'm talking about early in fights he can look like this. When you put extra muscle on, it can stabilize your movements. So your arms are not as all over the place and gangly and floppy anymore. The extra muscle can stabilize your movements and make you look more solid in your movements rather than looking clumsy. And based upon Deontay Wilder's training footage with Malik Scott, he looked more stable. And in fact, even in the Luis Ortiz rematch, Wilder hardly threw any punches, right? But he did look just more stable and less clumsy in that fight. And even for that one, he put some muscle on, this time even more. So I'm expecting to see a, maybe a better balanced Deontay Wilder in this fight, a less clumsy Wilder, at least early on. If things are not going well for him and Fury starts getting on top again and Wilder loses his magic feather, you know, he realizes that the uh, fantasy that his team concocted for him, that Tyson Fury cheated and all this, what was just that, a fantasy, then maybe he'll revert back to type and start swinging for the, the fences again and he'll lose his shape and all that kind of thing. But early on, I'm expecting him to keep his shape a bit better and just look a bit more stable because of the extra weight. So it's going to be very interesting. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about with regards to Deontay Wilder. What was it? I'm thinking out loud here. Bear with me. I talked about his shape. I talked about the strategy because coming in at that weight, you wouldn't have thought he's going to move much. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it was now. But anyway, maybe it'll come to me before the end of this video. I'm still sticking with my prediction of Tyson Fury winning. I want to say a stoppage in 10, if not a points win. I do think it's going to be a tougher fight than the second fight. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyson Fury has to climb off the canvas. I've just remembered what it was that I wanted to mention. The gloves. Because at the gloves meeting, there was apparently some disagreement. And it's quite common to have disagreements at gloves meetings between two teams. And it's usually mind games, to be honest. Uh, people talk about, you know, having an issue with this brand or that, that brand or this one doesn't have enough padding, so on and so forth. Sometimes people have genuine gripes, but more often than not, in my experience, it's just one side trying to irritate the other side. That's what it is. Psychological warfare. And so Wilder's team have said that they were not happy with Fury's gloves. That Fury's gloves don't have enough padding in them. Now, for the last fight, Fury wore Paffin Sport gloves. And the Paffin Sport gloves seem like they're pretty well padded. They're not like the gloves he wore in the first fight 
which were Everlast MX, which are horsehair gloves, which are very soft. You can feel your knuckle for a pair of Everlast MX. Uh, the Path and Sport, they've got more dense padding. Okay, I don't believe they're, they're horsehair gloves. They might be, but if they are, they're a horsehair foam mix. The Everlast MX are actually a horsehair foam blend as well, but they're more horsehair than foam. Okay, the Path and Sport, if they were also horsehair and foam, they've got a lot more horsehair and less foam. Uh, excuse me, a lot more foam and less horsehair. Uh, be interesting to see which gloves Tyson Fury has chosen for this fight because it will be very instructive. It will tell us whether Wilder's team were genuinely concerned or whether it was just some mind games from them trying to get under Tyson Fury's skin and get him agitated, get him frustrated before the opening bell. Now, it could also be Team Wilder just being overly paranoid or Wilder himself, maybe Marcellus or one of these other idiots uh, running around saying, oh my gosh, they're trying to cheat with the gloves when they're not trying to cheat at all when they're gloves that people wear every week. <laughs> every weekend in the United States, people are wearing MX, Everlast and what have you. So again, going to be interesting to see what gloves Tyson Fury chooses. It was resolved, this glove issue, to my knowledge and understanding, with Wilder choosing to wear the same gloves as Fury. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because normally fighters choose their gloves well ahead of time. They don't suddenly switch brands and switch glove model the day before the fight, unless they've been forced to. Like when Mayweather fought Maidana the first time, Maidana wanted to wear Everlast MX. Mayweather said, nah, the fight is not going to go ahead if you're wearing these because there's no padding. That's how Everlast MX are. There's, you know, padding is very soft and why have you can feel your knuckles through them? Mayweather said, no way. So Maidana was forced to have to wear a different type of glove. I think it was power locks. And Maidana's used to fighting in the MXs. So unless there's a situation like that, then it's very, very unusual for a fighter to change the type of gloves they're going to use, especially fighters at this level. If you're talking about small hall fighters and stuff like that, it happens a lot more frequently. But fighters on this level, changing the type of gloves they're going to wear the day before the fight? Very strange. Unless there's some issue with the original gloves they were going to wear, they got lost or the commission don't approve them, that's different. But in terms of, of their own choice, just picking a different brand of gloves or a different model of gloves, strange. And if uh, Tyson Fury has chosen Everlast MX or any other horsehair gloves and Wilder's going to follow him, and wear them same kind of gloves, that could be to Wilder's detriment. And the reason I say that is because Wilder has had hand problems, lots of hand problems in his career. And he normally wears Everlast Power Locks, which have quite dense foam padding in the knuckle. That's what normally Deontay Wilder opts for. For him to go ahead and wear a pair of MX, and I'm not saying that he is, I don't know what gloves they're, they're going to be wearing, Fury and Wilder. But if he does go for a pair of MX or, you know, one of them horsehair gloves, Wilder's hands are in for some serious abuse. Now, obviously, if he manages to land on Tyson Fury's chin <laughs> with a pair of MX on, it could be good night Tyson Fury. But if he lands on Tyson Fury's forehead, on his elbow, on his hip, you now you're fighting a big man like Fury, your punch, your right hand, even your left hand, could land any number of different places that could actually damage your hand. So to me, if Wilder has chosen a, a less protective glove just because Fury's wearing them, that does 
indicate weakness. That does indicate maybe an element of panic on behalf of Wilder to me. Uh, unless all oh, that was kidology as well, and they always intended to wear that pair of gloves and they're just trying to get under Team Fury's skin. I don't know. But if they genuinely have changed and they've gone for a less protective glove, yeah, that smacks of a bit of panic on behalf of Team Wilder. And I know Shane Fury and Tyson Fury have been saying that Wilder's scared. He won't look Tyson in the eye. He won't face off with him and all this kind of stuff. You know, one thing I said in the immediate aftermath of their second fight is that Deontay don't want the rematch. And I think it took Deontay a long, long, long time to be convinced that he wanted to fight Tyson Fury again. Because he went absolutely silent, you remember? Radio silence from Deontay Wilder for months after that rematch. This guy went completely missing. And then when he finally did return, he was kind of sheepish when he came back initially. Then we had his idiot brother Marcellus talking about Tyson cheated and blah, blah, blah. And they created this mythology, right? They created this narrative. And once that narrative started gathering pace, it seemed to give Deontay more confidence. Remember, they were supposed to fight last year, I believe it was. And it never went ahead, you know? Deontay somehow just couldn't get it done and he was, it was all radio silence. It wasn't until this year that it started gathering any steam and pace. And I think, again, it's, it correlates with Deontay Wilder's confidence. The more confident he's got, the more he's got his confidence back, the more vocal he started being again, the more vocal his team has started being. You see it. So uh, anyway, Fury and his brother are saying that Wilder is still scared. I think he's got enough confidence. I don't, I'm not saying he's as confident as he was for the second fight. Second fight, he was clearly overconfident. Maybe a little bit of fear for Deontay Wilder is actually going to help him here. I think that one of his best performances was against Berman Stavern the first time, where he actually boxed quite well, moving around the ring on the back foot, obviously at his own pace, because Stavern has got very slow feet. So Wilder still had plenty of time and space to get his shots off and move when he wanted to move, rather than being forced to move faster than he wanted to move. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe a bit of fear is going to help Wilder. Yeah, Keep him honest. Stop him getting carried away. Keep him within a construct which will serve him better against someone like Fury. If you're going to be wild and all that against Fury, you're playing into his hands. If you're going to fight an emotional fight, you're playing into his hands. If you're going to be cool, calm, and collected, better for Deontay Wilder. So anyway, those are my final thoughts ahead of this fight. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. I know many of you, including many of you from the UK, some of you are even Fury fans. And you've been telling me, you know what happened, man? I just, I get the feeling something's going to happen here and Fury's going to get chinned. And I'll leave you with this. I have been saying for the past few years, ever since Wilder Fury or, or back when Wilder Fury and AJ were still undefeated, the videos are still up. So nobody can tell me I'm lying. I was saying that all of these heavyweights are going to lose. All of them. Fury's going to lose. Joshua's going to lose. Wilder's going to lose. I was saying this all along back when they were all undefeated. To me, when I look at each guy, right? And, and when, when I was coming out saying these things, like AJ's going to lose, Wilder's going to lose, Joshua's going to lose, and they won't all lose to people within that top three. They'll lose to people outside the top three too. And so many people would turn up in the comments section of my video saying, oh, you're talking rubbish. There's no way that any of them are going to lose to anyone outside the top three. There's no one out there. Fast forward to 2021, AJ's lost to two people outside of that trilogy. <laughs> outside of that trinity, should I say. 
Yeah? He's lost to two people outside of that trinity. And don't discount it happening to Fury and Wilder as well. Uh, but I always knew AJ would lose. I think I said at the start of 2020, AJ is going to lose before he fights the undisputed fight. I said that as, uh, no, sorry, the start of 2019, not 2020. Start of 2019, before AJ had lost to Ruiz. I said, AJ is going to lose before he fights the undisputed fight. He's going to lose. I just, I, just, I just felt like he was because he had too many belts. There's too many mandatory challenges and there's so many flaws in his game which are not getting addressed. To me, that it was inevitable he was going to lose. Then you've got Wilder. Well, he's already lost to Fury. Then you have Fury and I've been maintaining for years, Fury's going to lose too. All these Fury fans who think that he's going to be this monolithic champion, he's going to be like the heavyweight Mayweather, never take a loss. I don't see it. And one of the reasons I don't see it is because the heavyweight division is far more competitive than most people realize it is. Hopefully people have started to get a grasp of that after watching what happened to AJ against Ruiz and now Usyk. But uh, maybe they just have written AJ off. Maybe they think that the likes of Wilder and Fury are still head and shoulders above everybody else. Let me tell you something, they're not. They're not. And both of those guys are going to get beat too. Wilder's already been beat, but he's going to get beat again. And Fury's time is coming. It might even be tonight. Now, again, I'm picking Fury in the fight, but I wouldn't be at all shocked if he got turned over. I'm expecting it. And one of the reasons that I'm expecting Tyson Fury to lose uh, at some stage, possibly tonight, is because Fury has always been inconsistent with his conditioning. And I've already mentioned in this video his mindset. He's somebody who struggles to be consistent in terms of motivation for fights. Some fights he turns up and he's up for it. Other fights, he's not up for it. It's a flat performance, doesn't look good. Like Otto Wallen, for example. That lack of consistency is going to come back to bite him in the butt eventually. It has to. I'll be amazed if it doesn't. And Tyson Fury has amazed me a few times, right? <laughs> so I'm not discounting the possibility, but... No, no, I think that Tyson Fury is going to lose. I think his lack of consistency, mental and physical, will be the key. And maybe he'll just come across somebody, stylistically, who's kryptonite for him. Again, could be a small mobile heavyweight. Doesn't necessarily have to be Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua. So I fully expect all these guys, Fury being the last of the original trinity, to take losses. And not a million miles down the road when they're all washed up. No, I'm talking about when they're still in or around their prime years. I'm expecting Fury to take losses too. Could be tonight. Could be. In a, in a funny way, it would make sense, you know? Because in the heavyweight division, upsets happen when you least expect them. That's why they're upsets. Nobody expected Oliver McCall to beat Lennox Lewis. Nobody expected Buster Douglas to beat Mike Tyson. Nobody expected Holyfield to beat, very few people expected Holyfield in the first fight to beat Tyson. I mean, I thought Andy Ruiz was dangerous for AJ. And I was actually halfway, you know, close to picking Miller to beat AJ. I'm sure many of you guys remember that when AJ was supposed to fight Miller in New York uh, and Ruiz eventually replaced him. I was saying, you know what? I think this is a real tough fight for AJ against Miller. And uh, I, w I couldn't count out an upset here. I think AJ's got his hands full with Miller. And when Ruiz replaced him, I was like, you know what? This is a dangerous fight that AJ, other people were dismissing it. Oh, it's easy. It's... Well, you saw how it turned out. So uh, yeah, for, for Tyson Fury, 
nobody after the way he demolished Deontay Wilder. If you'd asked them at that point, how does an immediate rematch go? Nobody's going to say Deontay Wilder wins other than the diehard Wilder fanboys because, you know, they're, they're delusional. They're going to pick Deontay Wilder no matter what. If Deontay Wilder had one leg, they're still going to pick him to win because, they, again, their belief in him is like a religious belief. It's really not based on, uh, and this is no disrespect to any religious people at all. I've got the massive amount of respect for, you know, many religions out there. But from an objective, descriptive perspective, religion is not necessarily based on logic or belief in a religion is not necessarily based on logic. For some people it might be, but for a lot of people it's, you know, it's about belief. You know, it's, it's not about tangible things. Um, and so that's how the Wilder fanboys are. They have uh, an unshakable belief in their man, which isn't really based on any logical fact, or not much logic in fact anyway. But I'm not talking about them anyway. I'm talking about everybody apart from the demented diehard die Wilder fanboys. If you'd asked them after the second Fury Wilder fight, immediately, how does a third fight go? Nobody's picking Wilder. <laughs> you know, because they've, they've just seen Wilder destroyed by Fury. So upsets happen when you least expect. Surely people are thinking Fury's going to get past Wilder this third time. He'll go on and fight whoever, AJ, uh, Usek, Dylan White, whatever. Maybe he gets derailed tonight. Maybe, maybe. He loses his WBC strap. Do they have a rematch clause or not? Because they've just had a rematch, right? So I'm going to imagine, because this fight is happening because of a rematch clause. So surely there's not a clause, a rematch clause for the rematch too. You know, surely this is it. And maybe Tyson Fury will have to go into the wilderness for a while again. Because is Deontay Wilder going to give him a rematch voluntarily? Or will his people try and target Usek or Joshua or <laughs> Luis Ortiz 3? Or maybe one of these other PBC heavyweights. Uh, and he, what, what, what would be seen as an easier defense for Deontay Wilder against Charles Martin. Kaunaki if he comes through against Hellenius. Uh, who else have they got? Ajagba. Frank Sanchez. You know, we'll see. But that's the heavyweight division, folks. Expect the unexpected. It would not be at this stage. If this fight had happened, let's say June in 2020, Wilder winning would have been a shock to me. But right now, after all this time has elapsed and Wilder's kept himself in shape and he's worked on things and he's helped and he's recovered somewhat mentally and Fury, as we know, he's up and down mentally and he's up and down physically, doesn't have that kind of elite level athlete consistency. At this point, I give Wilder a much better shot than I would have done just a, a few months after their second fight where I don't think Wilder had recovered mentally. So I give him a much better shot now. But I can't unsee what I saw in that second fight, uh, how easy it was for Tyson Fury to back Wilder up behind the jab. And I know Wilder was shocked, but just from a technical point of view, he had Wilder's right hand neutralized with the front foot jabbing, and he's had more time to work with Javon Hill as well. So I'm going to stick with Tyson Fury winning the fight, either 10th round knockout or points. It might be a close points win, might be controversial, I also wouldn't be surprised if Tyson Fury gets dropped in this fight, has to come off the canvas, battle back to stop Wilder in attempt for a win on points. So those are my final thoughts. Leave your final thoughts in the comment section below. I'm out.